Welcome to the Art of Appointment Setting Podcast, where we ask today's most successful experts and entrepreneurs to share the most powerful lead generation and appointment setting tactics they use to build their business and grow their revenues. Now your host from the city that never sleeps, New York, is Kwesi Sachi Jinnai. All right, everyone, thanks for joining the conversation today. This is Kwesi Sichijinai, and today I'll be having a conversation with my colleague, Steve Taylor. Steve is a co-host of this podcast, and I think it's the first time we're doing it together, Steve. So why don't you share with uh, listeners what you do besides uh, hosting the show? Hey, Kwesi, how you doing? Yeah, so basically what I do is I help clients design and manage their sales force. So that includes redesigning like the sales reps, you know, basically situation they have right now, or even helping them build from the ground up. A lot of my clients are CEOs who are great at selling their product, but they need to hire people and start basically evolving into that role of CEO. And that's what I help them do. And, you know, a lot of the tools that, you know, you and I have discussed, Questy, I mean, I think they're phenomenal tools for us to implement for my, my clients. And I'm sure many of the people you work with and a lot of the listeners out here. Yeah. And, and I really love the conversations we have because I always feel we should probably record every one of them. There is so much juice and, you know, action items from that. And that's one of the reasons why we actually have this format of the episode where we take, you know, something super actionable. And in this case, it's going to be some of the best performance scripts that we use for getting an appointment and we break it down. So we, we, we look at questions like, why does the script work? It could be an email script or a call script, but, but why does it work? Um, when do you have to use it? And more importantly, what are the principles that make the script super helpful so that you can actually craft your own script and not just copy paste? Um, so I'm really excited about this. Awesome. Awesome. We, we published the best performing, uh, cold email that we found in, in a report called the 70 word cold email that can get you more clients. And if you haven't downloaded it, uh, please feel free to do that. It's free on catalyze.io slash ebooks and you can find it there. But today we're going to delve deeper into that 70 word cold email and why it works. Now, before we, we get into, you know, the core and the principles of a script, um, Steve, I know you take a lot of appointments every week. I'm not sure it's, is it 50, 100? <laughs> well, usually it's about anywhere between like 40 to about 70 meetings per week, um, all on the phone. And, you know, a lot of times it's a transactional sale where we're trying to close on the spot, but, you know, a lot of times follow-up might be necessary. Uh, how is it important or how, how important is follow-up in closing the deal? If you have any specific examples, that'd be great. Well, you know, follow-up is very important, especially via email, right? Because a lot of times, you know, in today's day and age, you know, prospects, they might be just tied up with time. It could be that, you know, when they look on their list of priorities, we have no idea what's going on in their personal life along with their business. And a lot of times just catching them at the right time in the right moment and creating like a consistent stream of follow up. I, I think it is definitely it's nice to do it via email because there is a chain showing that you did try to follow up with them versus, hey, I tried to leave you a voicemail and you know <laughs> your voicemail box is full. Uh -huh. But then you have a chain of it and you never know. Typically, I find people will respond on like 
email number seven to 10. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I actually have, um, actually a client's office that I was in today. I had a great referral form and this is literally me giving him like, Hey dude, I've got a perfect referral for you. And it took me literally 11 attempts to be able to get him on the phone, talk to him about the opportunity and end up being something that's really going to end up helping him 10 X the business. Yeah. And it's not even just with emails or, um, social, for example. So we, I personally called one uh, customer in Canada and I dropped him seven to eight voicemails. And eventually he picked up, he actually called me back. I, I think it was during the holidays or Christmas holidays. And he's like, he's, his English is not really good, uh, but he made the effort to call me back. And that conversation is actually leading to something, um, an opportunity where we might, we might actually work together. So follow-up is, 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 is really important. Yeah, definitely. So for, for those, for those of you listening who do not have access to the script, um, and the context it was used, uh, we're going to go into that in a second, but, uh, Steve, could you tell us exactly word for word, uh, what the script is? Yeah. So first you always want to include their name, you know, whether it's Bill, Bob. So it would be like in this case, Hey, Kwesi, I'm not sure if it's bad timing or you've just been busy. Uh, let me know either way, which of these below is the case for a quick call. Number one, now the answer is no thanks or timing isn't right. We can close the loop for now. Two, you're still open to consider a quick 15 minute call. Let's schedule a good time. I'm totally okay. Either way. Thank you, Steve. Yeah. And we, we use this exact script for, um, we tested 500 of that and we use the exact same word and we didn't change anything at all. And we tested in different verticals, different industries. And I just wanted to give a context to, you know, how we use this, this email. Um, so one, it was a follow-up email to a cold lead. So this is not a warm lead. It's not a referral. We don't send it to them. People who don't, who don't know us, but want to get a conversation with them. And a second thing is that it's always typically the fourth or fifth follow-up. So uh, bear in mind that we've already sent them the first email. We follow the first time, the second time, still no response, especially with C-level decision makers. And this typically would be the fourth or the fifth email. And the result that we had was pretty uh, insightful. So when we sent 500, we actually sent 510 and the number of responses we got out of that was 80. Um, and remember that responses are super important. And this is the fourth or fifth email. So we've had, uh, the, the prospect was super silent for the first three weeks. And suddenly we send this email and they respond back saying, hey, it's not a good timing or yes, let's schedule a time. And the reason why the response is so important is because the first goal of any cold email is to get that first response, whether it's a yes or no. And um, so let's delve into the principles that um, make the email super important. And I think one of them is the... Uh, how you position it, you position yourself as being vulnerable. Um, Steve, can you speak more to that? Yeah, really, you know, the vul vulnerability piece, you know, nobody has to meet with you about your product or service and nobody really that. needs <laughs> what you're doing. Right. I mean, that, that's the thing. Nobody really needs it. They got to want it. 
And it's got to be a problem that's big enough for them to want to solve. And you being vulnerable and empathetic to those problems in their current situation, like sometimes their biggest problem is they don't have time to meet with you. And that's exactly why they have to meet in the first place. So you opening up and showing that vulnerability, like, hey, look, is you know now just not the right timing. It's not totally okay. You know, give them an out, right? Give, give them, a, and I think that kind of, I mean, can you talk more about that? Because I know when you and I have spoken in the past, Questy, I mean, like really giving them an out along with that empathetic or vulnerable approach really, you know, kind of opens up the conversation to at least an elicit a response. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, one of the things I feel with cold emails is you're not entitled to a response, right? And also, I think we talked about the 1090 principle that if you want to get 10 you know, qualified conversations, 90 of them might not be interested in any of what you have to offer. So giving a way out for you as a salesperson sounds really counterintuitive. But if you think about the number of no's that you actually have to get, it makes a lot of sense because not everyone would be interested in your service. And as a salesperson or um, a sales leader, you want to get as quickly as possible to that no. And then you can use your time, you can use your effort, you can lead, you can use your lead generation machine for uh, something else, something which would add a lot more value to your pipeline. Um, so I feel that as a professional, uh, having this backdrop, having this understanding that like it might not work for everyone, uh, but I'm willing to see if you know it's worth it. Um, with this understanding, it's so important that you give them a way out and say, "Look, I've, I've been I've been trying to connect with you for a while. Uh, I totally understand if you know this is not this is not for you, but just let me know. No is perfectly fine." Yeah, definitely. And you know, the other thing too is you know scheduling the next step. You know, whether that's you know, giving me a no so that we can end it and close the loop, right? Mm -hmm. Or even scheduling the next step, giving somebody an action item because they don't know your process. They don't know what to do. If they did, they would probably already do it on their own and they would have no reason to buy, right? Right. Um, so that's why, like, you know, for instance, in that 70-word script, right, we want to say the answer is no thanks or timing is right or it just isn't right. And we can close the loop for right now. Right. And mm -hmm. if you did get a one from from that, you, you got to respect it and really just appreciate the fact that they even gave you a no because they went out of their way to hit reply, read your email, respond because they cared enough about you to be able to say, hey, I respect you on a certain level to be able to let you know, hey, this isn't going anywhere. Right. And that kind of ties back into the whole thing of why you got to give a way out why you got to give, you know, the, the vulnerable approach and, you know, how you get somebody to respond. Because at the end of the day, you just want to respond. Is it a yes or is it a no? If it's a yes, let's move forward. If it's a no, great. Now the sales process is complete and you can move on to the next person. Right. And Steve, I want us to unpack on the next step, because I know that in sales, one of the most important things, and, you know, you learn this in a lot of the sales philosophies around that you should always have an advance, right? If you have a first call, what is the next actionable step? And, and what do you need the prospect to do before that step? Can you, can you speak more about, you know, advances and why even in cold outreach is so important that we have that? Well, one, it also, not only does it give the client clear expectations on what you need to finish up your sales process, but then also it gives you a chance to really understand, is this person going to be a pleasure to deal with or not? 
can they follow directions? You know, because mm-hmm. if your product or service requires implementation and it requires a team to do it, I mean, like one of my clients today, the biggest thing that we're going through right now is from sales to client onboarding, what expectations are being set by the salesperson. And as a salesperson, if you create next steps and you say, hey, well, you know, in order to get your marketing you know, up and running by the end of March, we need to have the contract signed by Friday and we need to do X, Y, and Y, Z and have an onboarding, you know, kickoff call, whatever it may be by Wednesday in order to hit your timeline. If they don't hit those things or they don't hit the next steps, then, you know, I guess how serious are they in working with you? And if they do get on your accounts team, are they going to be a drain of resources ultimately impacting the company's bottom line? And as salespeople, a lot of time we don't want to think about that. But, you know, a lot of the CEOs that I talk to, that's top of mind. And as a salesperson, if you can really handle that and set clear expectations for people, then a lot of times you create the best customers. They have the best experience and then you can go back for more referrals. But if not, then you end up forcing somebody through a process that they're not ready to go through. And you don't end up with the happy client and you also kind of waste everybody's time. Right. 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 And, and I, you know, sometimes I get cold emails myself and the call to action, not, not just a call to action, but also the, uh, the require what they expect from me, right? So as you mean, oh, this is exciting. I want to have a conversation with them. There is no guidance in the email as to what I should do, um, and I find that this is this is particularly it's it's a waste of time as far as your cold email is concerned. One, it doesn't show a ton of respect to the person you're sending it to. But then again, you're wasting a lot of effort uh, trying to get a conversation, but there's a lack of clarity. Um, in terms of scheduling the next step. And one of the things that I've found very useful is, so when someone says, this is interesting, let's, let's talk. Uh, I just propose a time and, you know, just send a calendar invite. And by so doing, I give them the option to say, decline the invitation or to accept it, or they do probably propose something else. What is the tactic that you use for that? Or you found super useful in the past, Steve? Typically, the best thing that I've seen from any of my clients that we worked with is when you find a way to give people access to your calendar and they can pick and choose their own time based off your schedule. So if there's any type of way you can give somebody access to what your calendar looks like and they can just plop in there and look at it. Number one, it gives them a chance to engage with your world, right, because they're taking the time to go into your calendar And a lot of times I find that the show up rates increase when they schedule it. And also to set up your call, right? It's a lot different tone to be able to say, so Questy, you know, what what made you decide to reach out and, you know, sign up for the call today? Right. You know, versus kind of like, you know, uh, not having a clear next step, right? Because there's obviously an issue that they want to solve or something they want to talk about. Or they might just wonder, God, man, how do you send out seven or eight or nine or 15 emails and and have the uh, audacity to just keep going? I I need a sales guy like that on my team. How do I do it? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, I've gotten that sometimes. Hey, but um, what would you add to, and I know you've you, you know, you've been in sales, you, you're still doing sales, you send a lot of emails. What would you add to these, you know, three principles that we've talked about? And I'm putting you on the spot, but. Well, you know, the biggest thing I would add is trust your process. Once you create a process that qualifies a client to see if they're really seriously considering working with you or not, follow through with that process. Right. And, you know, if the email piece of it is, is a big piece of getting the, 
initial conversation going, you know, respect the client in the sense of whatever they're doing, let that be the story that they're telling you about themselves. Meaning if they respond back in a negative or nasty way, then, you know, maybe that's not the best person for you. Don't, don't beat your head over, don't beat your head against the wall for that client, you know, or if they are like, Hey, now's not the right time, you know, don't try to force them and then try to figure out more like, well, when is the right time for you? Right. Try to figure out how you can make them work into your sales process. And if now's not the right time again, it's totally okay. We'll just figure out when it is. So yeah, if I were to give any additional principle to that, just trust your process. Cause you don't want to go, you know, making iterations on things every five minutes. <laughs> right. Awesome stuff. See, thanks so much for being on the show. All right, Questy. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the art of appointment setting podcast with Questy Sachi Jinai. Find out more about how to get high-value appointments at Catalyze.io. And while you're there, check out the free resources for appointment setting. And be listening for the next episode of the Art of Appointment Setting podcast.